0: This is the Short-Term Parking Podcast, and I am Jack Prebeck. Things are certainly strange and getting stranger, it seems. I think we are somewhat creatures of habit. We use a routine as a practical coping mechanism, and any little change in that routine, that daily routine, can make one just uh, slip a little closer to the edge. Even as an avowed nonconformist, I still have throughout my life tried to establish various routines at different times, even when I was traveling, living in a different town, a different city every week with no mailing address, I still would establish a daily routine. My dad was in the Navy during the uh, during the Korean War, and he used to often talk about how many of the sailors that he served with stayed in the military till retirement. And one of the reasons was because they They craved the routine, the order, and it has even been said that there are people that prefer the prison system to freedom because the prison system has given them some sense of order, some type of routine for many due to some set of given circumstances would not have had that sense of order in their lives many of the uh men that i knew that were in the military when i was growing up were in a, a similar similar situation they weren't there by choice some were there even as punishment for a crime they committed, serve this time in the military or serve this time in jail. Others had no other options, or other stable opportunities for gainful employment. It was just part of the way things were. And they entered service at that young age and they order the routine. A lot of the protocol that they were compelled to adopt stayed with them through life. And now as a society, we have had our routines upended and we've scrambled to find new ones, to create new ones, And any little thing can disrupt that order, that new routine that's put in place as a temporary stopgap for when things get back to normal. And frankly, I think a lot of people are on the verge of going crazy. I see evidence of it. I feel evidence of it. There seem to be no straight answers. The corporate media that is funded, propped up by the military industrial complex, the crony capitalist system, the cartels of power, The corporate media is often referred to as the mainstream media, but is more correctly the corporate media that many say is biased, that is more correctly agenda-driven, an agenda that is set forth by the military-industrial complex. The crony capitalists, the cartels of power, the corporate media promotes diversions and red herrings and smoke screens and continuously promotes binary thinking. Left good, right bad, right good, left bad. The corporate media that a few weeks ago was telling you that people who were assembling for church were murderers, that people who were protesting the lockdown were murderers, then switched on a dime and said that people that were gathering to protest police brutality and institutionalized racism that those people were gathering outdoors. And it was relatively safe because the virus is harder to transmit in an open air situation. And that the health risks involved with institutionalized racism are more dangerous or more urgent than the dangers of the virus. The corporate media, that corporate media then turned on a dime once more and started once again promoting the hysteria of the coronavirus But this time with a twist, no longer was it wall-to-wall coverage of the death rate increasing exponentially, and the need for ventilators, and the need for ICU hospital beds, now the corporate media is putting all of their considerable efforts to concentrating on the numbers of new cases the numbers of new cases not the numbers of hospitalizations or deaths now the numbers of new cases are the focus and yet the death rates are decreasing and the hospitalization rates are decreasing and that corporate media tells you you should listen to the science and everybody should do their duty and wear a mask. The same corporate media that originally told you you should listen to the science and that wearing a mask was an act of futility. But the point is, you should listen to the science. Unless it is those scientists that From the beginning of this, and from before this particular virus existed, have said that the only way to deal with a respiratory virus is through herd immunity. And there are scientists that say that that is nothing new, that that's the way it's always been, but that is dissenting opinion. And really, for God's sakes, what we should be talking about is statues. Statues. I realized something this week. I've sort of codified some thoughts on statues. I've never liked statues since I was a kid. I always thought that there was something, something a little off there. Something wrong with elevating a fellow human being like that. Literally elevating. Literally putting on a pedestal. To look at a statue that is larger than life, you have to look up. Because the subject of this statue is no mere mortal human being. They don't make statues of normal people. They make statues of your betters. And I was thinking back through my life. Has there ever been a statue that has really impacted me in, in any way? In any way, not just a positive way, in any way. And I cannot think of a statue that I gazed upon that had any kind of impact on my life. I've never looked at a statue and thought, you know, that's that's what I want to be like. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that person in that statue. I want to do what I can to get to that station. And if you think about it, you know, if uh, you were talking to somebody and they were, they were On about their aspirations what they wanted to do accomplish with their lives they might say I want to be wealthy rich filthy rich I want to be famous I want to have power I may even want to be the president of the United States or they may say I would like to uh, live my life doing things I like and start a family and raise a family. Or I would like to get a, a good steady job so I could have security and maybe take care of a family. I might want to buy a piece of land. I might want to get good at something. I might want to practice and get good at something that I really like to do. But if somebody told you you know what i would like to i would like to have them someday make a statue of me that's what i really want i want to be glorified i want to be reproduced in stone or bronze and through the ages i want people to uh, stare up at me and just take in the greatness, that is me. That's really what I'm shooting for, that's the deal I want, I wanna be a statue. If somebody said that to you, you would think they were a sociopath, psychotic. But you know that there may very well be people just like that, that envision themselves as a monument, a future monument And I suppose, you know, there are statues of people that are are good people, possibly even great people, but my general feeling is that they should not be held, elevated, held on a higher standard than the rest of us. They're just humans. And I think inevitably, you know, you're going to have to, even with uh, somebody that's a a good person that has been made into a literal idol you're going to be confronted with having to separate the person's work from their actions for none of us are without sin we've all got the skeletons in our closets don't we so I've always felt uncomfortable with the idea of statues in general it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt my feelings if they got rid of all of them, even if it's somebody I like. There was, uh, my Twitter feed was abuzz with uh, news that the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue, I guess it's in Austin, Austin, Texas, got defaced. Somebody spray painted some stuff on it. And I follow a lot of guitar players. A lot of guitar players follow me on social media. There's a guitar community. And a lot of them were upset. How could they do this to the great Stevie Ray Vaughan? Now they've crossed the line. Now they've gone and done it. How could they? Well, I'll tell you how they could. These people, these kids that defaced this statue. They don't care about your music. They're not impressed by the things that you hold so dear. They don't need to hear your stupid argument that the 70s was the best music decade because of bands like Led Zeppelin. They don't need to hear that, Boomer. Jimmy Page was no Gershwin. He's no Duke Ellington. A lot of people would say, I'm a boomer. I was born in 1964, which was either on the very cusp of the end of the boomer generation or the cusp of the start of the next one, whatever that is. But people have a tendency to think the stuff that they like is more valid on every level, it's ignorance or pride or a combination thereof. Stevie Ray Vaughan is probably a swell guy. In fact, I've heard people say he was a he was a good guy. And I and I'm I'm gonna tell you you know that when Stevie Ray Vaughan's first record came out, I went to the record store the day it was released and I bought it. Because I'd heard about him coming down the line. And I'd been listening to Jimmy Vaughn for a couple of years before that. And I remember I bought that record and I went around. I was seeking people out that I knew. And I said, hey, you got to come out here to my car and listen to this thing. I had it on cassette. So I hold no dislike for Stevie Ray Vaughan. I like Stevie Ray Vaughn. I got nothing against Stevie Ray Vaughn, but. To be truthful, he's uh, probably not my uh, favorite guitar player from uh, Dallas. There's a lot of great guitar players, and I can't really think of any that truly deserve to be edified in statue form, deified. They're people. There's actually a movement here in Tennessee where I live where... It's been proposed that they replace all of the Confederate statues in the state with a statue of Dolly Parton. And as neato as Dolly Parton is, I feel the same way. I don't think it's necessary. I saw that our president has put forth the case that we need to preserve these statues because not only... Are they a part of our history? They are works of art. And I got to tell you that that's a source of irritation to me as well. So much of art is corrupted. And so many artists in various fields have to dumb it down in order to get by. You know, a writer, a novelist has to work to the Commercial potential to the lowest common denominator. Music the same, visual arts the same. You know, you have the publishing business, the music business. Think about it what it's like to be a poet or a sculptor. You know, there is no poetry business. If that was your, your, your passionate field of endeavor, the thing you were meant to do, be a poet. You don't go into the poetry business. You don't figure out a way to write commercial poetry. But if you were a sculptor, if you were a sculptor, you could uh, maybe spend your life doing these abstract pieces that every now and again get get chosen by some civic committee where they decide to uh, commission some edgy sculptor and put uh, a modern art piece in a park somewhere or a downtown area. And it is inevitably the subject of laughter, the butt of all jokes. You could go that route as a sculptor. You could, uh, Try and foster that kind of commerce, or, or you could go into the business of making statues. You could figure out which communities are seeking to glorify some dead geezer that was responsible for. Killing a bunch of people in a war or the like. Something like that. You could be a sculptor that makes statues. Man, that's the stuff of dreams, isn't it? There's even talk now of uh, somehow getting rid of Mount Rushmore. I don't know how you you do that. If you just use some uh, more dynamite to blow the faces off the side of the mountain or maybe you go in with uh some type of filler material some poly resin or some uh bondo or plastic wood and you just reface the whole the whole side of the mountain i've seen uh mount rushmore a couple of times and i gotta tell you i wasn't impressed for the same reasons I'm not impressed with all the statues I've talked about. The same reasons I've just put forth. A lot of friends of mine that have been to visit Mount Rushmore, I hear over and over again, people say they were disappointed because they thought it was going to be bigger. I'm not sure what that says about us as a culture or a society, but I guess it doesn't matter. Because we are just becoming increasingly dysfunctional. Lady Annabellum and the Dixie Chicks get in the news because they're changing their names. I guess we're we're getting rid of Dixie now. Just going to be the Chicks. The Chicks and Lady A. That would be a good package tour for this summer. If anybody was playing shows... There's your dream package tour for the summer of COVID. Lady A and the Chicks. Two musical acts that come from the uh, same corporate media entertainment structure propped up by the military industrial complex and the power cartel. Products of that same system, Lady A and the Chicks, have decided to do the right thing. To get rid of half of their names. Apparently, for the last 30 years, the Chicks were not aware of what Dixie stood for. Somehow, somehow, That little nugget of education eluded them. But, as I mentioned, I live in Tennessee, below the Mason Blank line, and I'm just glad to see that these purveyors of fine, modern country music have decided to be on the right side of history, finally. And we can only hope that Now we can come to terms and stop saying Dixieland Jazz and just call it Land Jazz. And on and on, etc., etc. I suppose things are even going to get crazier. Things are going to get worse before they get better, I'm afraid. What can you do? What can you do? It's not my intention to be a downer. It's difficult not to vent just a bit. And if you made it through this example of absurdism, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Short Term Parking Podcast. And uh, as always, we're going to end with some music. Uh, released a new record, a new album called Trespass. Available at Bandcamp. Just look up Bandcamp. Jack Prebeck, P-R-I-B-E-K. And so we've got, uh, for this week, track number three from the Trespass album. It's called, Hey Girl, Can I Borrow Your Truck? And maybe this is a nice little coincidence since I was talking about some uh, corporate country music there. One of the things that has been a uh, source of uh, a lot of laughs to uh, many of the people I know that actually live in the country, such as I do myself, over the last several years has been the glut of pickup truck references and modern country songs. The glorification of pickup truck ownership. And one of the things that they never mention is that as a pickup truck owner, you are often called upon to haul stuff around for people or let somebody borrow your truck. And also... It seems to be some kind of a little boy's club, as if no women drive trucks or own trucks. So in an effort to balance the scales just a tiny bit, I decided to call my song, Hey Girl, Can I Borrow Your Truck? And once again, I thank you for listening. And here's a little bit of guitar-driven Rock, funk, country, blues, jazz, instrumental, fusion music.
1: We'll mm-hmm.